Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And she was uh, like, I don't understand why you wouldn't like the monkeys. And I yeah. was like, they're they're fake. Everything about them is fake and they suck. The songs <laughs> suck. I was like, I don't need like Jeff knows, like I, I'll take it from the Beatles, but I'm not going to take it from the faux Beatles written by, you know, Tin Pan Alley and then sold from these clowns. And yeah. then to haul them back out of the freaking crypt in 2016 <laughs> to trot them out and then choose them as your song in 2016. How dare you, good sir? 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Hold on. Time out. Are you really think you're going to start a podcast with that? Fellas! It is the signature signature beginning. I said gentlemen. We are not gentlemen. We are fellas. (laughs) How are you? Welcome to 2016. (laughs) Dear God, I'm blowing it right away. Uh, How are things? Ben Barton in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yesterday... 75 degrees and sunny for India Kincannon, my beloved wife's 50th birthday. 50 years here on God's green earth. India, yes. Today I'm sad to report Uh 48 in a driving rain. It's a tough, tough follow-up. transition, right? Yeah, totally. But we ate out al fresco in COVID times last night, so I was really glad that the weather today was not the weather yesterday. Okay, I really, I really need to look up al, al fresco because every time you say it, it's when you paint on the wall when it's still wet. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that's that. it. I think. <laughs> but, I think okay. that's what they're doing. They're eating a cheeseburger <laughs> and then they're making, they're painting India on her fiftieth birthday in Jeff Simons. How are you doing in Berkeley, California? It's a beautiful California day in. Uh, Berkeley, California. It's gorgeous today. One of those all timers. And I am nervous tonight because I'm playing live on the interwebs tomorrow. It's my first live performance and by myself in a really, really long time. So our our first as as we're done recording, I'm going out back and frantically playing the same song over and over and over again, trying not to embarrass myself. So this is our first advertisement as well. It is. This it will is have great. already happened, of course. This is oh, like right. my genius uh, promotion. <laughs> like, hey, six days ago, I did a thing. So. That's right. But it is. It will be archived. But I'll let I'll let you know next week if it was if I was horrible. <laughs> that not. is. That's really exciting. Two p.m. Two p.m. Pacific. Okay. Uh, tom- tomes and tunes. It's right up your alley, Tim. Books and music. You'll I learn. I hope uh, to be in Atlanta by that time so I can uh participate um, oh, i had no intent i had no imagination that either of you would want to actually what sit and watch a good lord we spend enough time together <laughs> it's fine don't worry no pressure so no. i need i need to give an update here in 2016 because uh jeff simons you tweeted out last week that it was our 50th 
episode, which of course is remarkable because we're 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys and we haven't made it to 2020 yet. But anyway, yeah. but you're right. Um, we have had a few extras uh, here and there. And, and I, I thought it'd be neat to take stock of where we are here um, on the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network. We have reached 17,605 listens. Our goal that we set is 25,000. So we've got some work to do in these last, let's say, five or six uh, episodes here. Um, But I'd love for the two of you to think about our top 10 plays, where we're getting played, where we're getting listens. 80% of us, uh, of our listens are, of course, the United States. Canada is second. UK is third. Give me a country that will finish out our top 10 of where we're getting listened to. Who are the folks listening to us? So I, I follow Tim on Twitter, so I'm cheating. Okay. Estonia. Uh, so you're cheating badly because we're the, <laughs> <laughs> we're the number one music history podcast in our Armenia. Oh, Armenia. Sorry. Armenia. Uh, but no, they do not crack the top 10 here. How about how about Australia? Australia is uh, right there at number seven. Good. Okay. Anyone else? New Zealand. No, even though Jeff wasn't your radio show in New Zealand. I love you pointing out how shitty I am at both self promotion and podcast promotion. You're right, Tim. I did a online. You Not think only that, get but a I'm bump. on the radio in New Zealand on two stations and still not moving the needle. Are, are they playing your album? They are. are they pull- I mean, they. you know, how do yeah. I know? They okay. tell me that I am, but I don't exactly get New Zealand on the old on the old <laughs> FM. So, Well, have you seen that Google thing where you can actually scroll around and get radio stations? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you about it all, uh, after uh, the broadcast. Um, <laughs> what, what kills me here is that Germany comes in fourth. Nice. It's yeah. 406 listens in Germany. I love it. Who's listening to us in Germany or in India, Mexico, Spain, Saudi Arabia, and rounding out the top 10, the UAE? Oh, I love that. That's great. Isn't that That's fun? Very cool. Um, I have one friend who lives in Germany. Maybe she's just banging it. I have a friend in the UAE, so that, that must be it. But also okay. keep in mind, like some of these folks, you know, want to practice their English and would like to hear morons talk, and that we fit both of those. <laughs> it's like a stripes episode over and over and over. Again. That's right. That's right. The do run run. Um, well, we'd love to know here. Who are you? Um, to be listening to us, why, uh, you know, we're just kind of morbidly curious as to what you're doing. Not so, that we're trying to convince you not to. We no. don't, don't examine it too much. If you start thinking, why do I listen to these guys? Then don't, then stop. Yeah, just, that'll be a bad moment. Download the next thing. But we'd love to hear from you uh, on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Uh, I'd, I'd love to have a friend all the way across the world. I think that would be neat. And we I'm also going to try to sell you guys on the idea of doing um, the 2020 episode live. I think we should uh, we should do it live and invite a webinar audience to join us. Let let our faithful uh, come and see it happen. See the sausage get made. 
Exciting. I like this idea. I really didn't like how you said see the sausage. Or maybe 2021. We can do 2021 too, live. But we can do both. I like live. That's good. So people would tune into YouTube to watch us do this live? Yeah, then it'd be recorded and they could listen to it later, assuming they're in the UAE and it's late night. But everyone else should watch it live. Yeah, or we could do a webinar where they they come in, they join us in the Zoom room, and then uh-huh. they just watch us. They can and they can chat with each other while we do the show. I just worry they wouldn't have the benefit of of our of our polishing and editing that happens. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. That's right. That's why it would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Funny stuff. They I are tell you so what. they're 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 accustomed to such a high tech standard. I know. I, I worry about them. All right, let's get. Well, at any rate, thank you all for listening. This is an absolute joy for us, and we're glad that we bring a little joy to you. In 2016, Jeff Simons, the Grammy winner, is. I thought you, you saw that. Like, more of an update than that, man. I mean, it was a long windup, and you still had your the Grammy on. winner. Is, oh, I don't remember which one is the Grammy winner. Is it the, the uh, better the one, of the two? The one that you don't hate is the Grammy oh, winner. Oh, good. It's the Grammy winner. Hello, by Adele. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over everything. They say the time's supposed to heal you, but I ain't done much healing. Hello. So I really like this one. It makes me laugh every time. Yep. <laughs> it's it's she's really tipped over into self-parody on this one like it's so adele it's beyond adele into extra adele with some adele flavoring on top of it like, I do. It's, it's like it's like medel metadel you know, i like know for sure <laughs> and, and, you, and this is like but this is a good sign this is how much i like her i was like and that's great that was fine like i mean it, it cracked me up the first time i heard it it cracked me up and i was thrilled to hear it on the radio every time i heard it i was you know it sounded like nothing else on the radio it sounded exactly like adele but it was like as if Adele went to the Breaking Bad chemistry lab and they just boiled it down to the <laughs> darkest <laughs> Adele and then they like put blue. it into a vial and gave it to you. What was the name of the meth? Blue something? I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> but that, it's like Blue Adele. Um, I I can't get over that hello and the similarity to the Lionel Richie hello. Yeah, I too, same thing. I just can't. I mean, in fact, I cannot believe somebody hasn't put them on top of each other in a mix and a mashup. But the other thing I love about this song is... <laughs> You know, this is the record where she's 25, right? It's called 25. Yeah. It's such a 25-year-old's understanding of what you should do after a breakup. Like, let's get together and go over everything that went wrong. And I got to tell you, from 50, what a terrible idea. Do not go, do not get back together and go over everything. What you want to do is separate without weaponry or permanent injury and then never revisit that shit ever again. That, that's, the, that's, the, that's the part that makes me laugh is it's such a bad idea. Like if, if Adele said to me, like, could you just come over and go over everything? I'm like, right. that chorus is coming. I'm going to be sitting right there on the couch for it. And I want no part of it. <laughs> yeah. What happened to us? You once said you love me. Why don't you love me anymore? And then you have just that. That's, Do you that remember, Tim, a- were you, 
Were you in the coffee shop in Oxford with me when that woman was crushing that guy for giving her a venereal disease in the loudest possible voice? I the reason I bring it up is she, sound, she sounded just like Adele. She had huh. Adele's speaking voice. And she had asked this guy to meet her for coffee to go over everything. And the everything was, oh, you gave me a venereal disease and I'm going to let the entire city know about it in the most uncomfortable public conversation oh, ever had by two dreadful. people. It was, I mean, it was incredible. And every, all of us, everybody in the coffee shop made eye contact with each other. Like, I, I can't watch and yet I cannot turn away. I cannot we all leave. Just there quietly sipping our coffee, like <laughs> just watching the whole train wreck happen in slow motion. Oh, breakups. Great advice there, Jeff. I'm sure that a lot of the teens listening will take that to heart. <laughs> all right. In 2016, uh, Pranav Danahawade achieved the highest ever recorded individual cricket score, 1,009 not out. That is the highest ever recorded individual cricket score, which made me realize... by a drunk. <laughs> which made me realize we haven't once talked about cricket on this podcast. So welcome to our new segment called Who Knows What? And we're going to go back and forth and you're going to tell me one thing you know about cricket until one of you has nothing left to tell us about cricket. Uh, going first, uh, farthest away is Jeff Simons. Tell us something about cricket. There is only one collegiate varsity cricket program in the United States, and it is at Haverford College. That counts. And I'm not even going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you a story. So in 2011, <laughs> I went and taught in Cambridge for the okay. summer. It was super fun. And India and the girls came with me and we had an amazing summer. And I taught at Downing College, which is like one of the really lovely old ones. And I had some uh -huh. colleagues and hung out with them. I had some students and hung out with them, but I spent a lot of time by myself, as you can imagine. So I would get lunch at like the donor kebab. Uh -huh. And then I would go sit in a park and across from me was there's people playing cricket. And so I actually sat and ate my lunch and I must have watched cricket live huh. for, I don't know, 25, 30 hours. Like I watched a lot of cricket. And this is why I can confidently say, I don't know anything. Like, I, I mean, I couldn't <laughs> describe at all what was going on. Like basically, I understand that they, it's not a timed game. It's like baseball. Like right. it, it doesn't, it's, it's not set against a clock. It's set against a series of events. Uh -huh. What those events might be and what those people were doing, I have no idea. It did seem fun. Like they were clearly enjoying themselves and there was a okay. ball. I like that. And then there was a flat bat. And I also yep. like that. And There's there was a wicket. A wicket? I kind of, yep. I, I was like, that's weirdly compelling. Like ball, bat, wicket. And then there was a dude on a mound and then there were fielders everywhere. And then there were people like it was similar baseball where nothing happened for a long time. And then a dude like spastically <laughs> hit the ball and ran somewhere and things were happening. And I was like, what's going on? Interesting. All right. I'm closing out our cricket discussion. And you by the way, you're going you're gonna to score me as winner, right? I you won both, that one. I think it's fair to lost. say I won it. You both I lost. do know what some things are called, but I acquiesce to Ben's spectacular victory. We, but that is where the phrase sticky wicket comes from, right? Oh, where for the sure. Ball That's right. Yeah. Hits the wicket and doesn't break it, even though it should, right? It's a okay. sticky wicket. Now, weren't you the sports editor of the Har Haverford paper as well? So I you, was. I had yeah, to do okay. an article on the cricket team. And in I fact, cannot believe the this. guy I replaced as sports editor was 
uh, on the cricket team, and he he was disappointed at how how precipitously cricket coverage dropped from his tenure <laughs> to mine. I actually heard about it from him a couple of times. Oh, that's that's yeah. terrible. Well, that that new uh, that new game stunk. Uh, so let's go with the different new game. Since when? That's right. The new game is called Since When. The Catholic Church and Russian Orthodox Church put out an ecumenical declaration. The first ecumenical declaration since their schism in... I'm going to say 432. 432. Price is right, rules 433. <laughs> Jeff is right. The 1054 schism. 1054? Wow, they yeah, hung they, together for a long time. They really did. They really did. All right. Obama visits Cuba. He's the first U.S. president to visit Cuba since when? Uh, Jeff, you have to guess first this time. Oh, uh, who's the last president before that to visit Cuba? I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that that Truman went to Cuba. OK. I saw Eisenhower afterwards. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, Jeff gets it because it's uh, Coolidge in 1928. All right. Uh, Why are you, you, for those of you listening at home, Tim (laughs) gave us the you dumb idiots face. Why of all the stupid things I've said in in the podcast, did that actually elicit a reaction? When was the revolution? I assumed it was sometime after Harry Truman. <laughs> okay. That okay. was my whole First of all, thing. I have a lot of knowledge about that from Godfather 2, <laughs> and it's sometime in the 50s. That's right. Cuz um, that's when all the that's when all the imported importing exporting stops. That's why all the cars in Havana look like they're from the 50s. That's right. Just have to keep fixing them up. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Ah, okay, so you guys are really thoughtful. Uh, <laughs> the Cubs win <laughs> The World Series, Ben Barton. It's their first World Series win since when? 1918? 1908. 1908. Oh, I had an eight in there, but I got it wrong. Jeff Simon's about to sweep this entire game. The Summer Olympics are held in Rio in 2016, the first time in a South American country since when? (laughs) The 1916 wow. Guadalupe Games. <laughs> yeah, I just say, I'm trying to think. Our Lady of Guadalupe set a speed record. <laughs> Did Buenos Aires host it? I've gone to Irish for this segment. <laughs> oh my god! You should get points for the accent. Since when did Ben master his Irish accent? I don't know. I'm I don't looking know. for me lucky oh, charms. Oh, yes, to I do. Answer this It's question. the first time since Mexico City in 1968. Because high altitude, Bob Beeman, Black Power. That's the last time. Uh, Mexico is not in South America. That's an unfortunate guess. It's south of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. We're gonna I'm just kidding. The look I'm of the Irish, kidding. I won that one. Thank you, Jeff, for that unbelievably stupid guess. Uh, I am just kidding, dear okay. listeners. Good job. Uh, the Summer Olympics have never been held in South America. Oh, it oh, was a trick question. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get to Jeff's uh, favorite song from 2016. The number one hit, Jeff Simons. It's the number one hit. 
Closer by the Chainsmokers with Halsey. Well, you hate this one? I don't mind this one. Uh. Just fine before I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Hey, you tell your friends it was nice to meet them, but I hope I never see them again. I know it breaks your heart. Moved to the city in a broke down car and four years no calls. Now you're looking pretty in a hotel bar and I. Tell me why it's uh, an acceptable song in 2016 and you don't mind it. I find that one just utterly harmless. There are better number one, like uh, I'm pretty sure Work by Rihanna was a, a, a big yeah. hit this year. And One Dance by Drake was a big hit this year. Both of those are more like This was like 10 weeks at number one. I yeah, this was, was a huge, gigantic, yeah. massive huge. hit. Huge. Um, I don't mind this one. I just don't mind it. Jeff like, Simons. Uh, my particular issue with this song is it's the only thing any of the keyboard players in my Branson rock <laughs> okay. band knew okay. how to play. So every okay. time I came in the room for a fucking year, it was boom, boom, boom. Okay. That's problem number one. I just got overexposed and uh, annoyed. I mean, it has two billion listens and, and crawling on YouTube. It's just like wow. it's a bit much. The second thing is this is these are two intensely unlikable people to me in this song. Like, don't buy a rover if you can't afford it. That's a status symbol car that will break down and live in the shop. And if you're the kind of person that buys a Range Rover, you can't afford it. What do you do? I'm not probably not. and and that they come from Boulder. How fucking perfect that these two like emotionally unavailable twerps buying cars Just they can't afford are from are from the little ski town and then they're out in la being beautiful and trying to make it and they, i just everything about the introduction of these two characters i'm just like i hope you both fall into the ocean i just like i don't care about them at all from the jump and so i'm irritated overexposed and i want no part of it so it's really interesting because jenny and the s dog is tell, told from a third person point of view yeah and then the dog there's so much more there's so much more likable he's working class and confused and has a dog no he's the son of a coca-cola executive he's a yeah he's got a no 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 yeah coca-cola middleman he's not like oh you're right he's a middleman yeah yeah no these two people are like we ain't never getting older like just that that right there like we are rich and young and beautiful and and have free time it just hit me. It just hits me in all the wrong kind of. You you can't ways. come on to a fifty year old man's podcast and say we ain't ever getting older. No, yeah, screw you. Also, Jeff, I just want to call <laughs> you out here. Uh-oh. Oh my god! Listening to the lyrics of this dumb song. 
<laughs> like, what's wrong with you? You, you, students you put more to. thought into the meaning of this song than anybody, including the people who wrote it and sung it. <laughs> like, it's just supposed to sound fresh and hot and good. That's all. Move on. You're not and supposed all to those things. I am, I am stale, cold, and unattractive. So the song's not for me. <laughs> and that's why I dug in deep. But I mean, literally, find you, something. every word you said that was in the song, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Boulder, right. I remember. <laughs> shoulder. Boulder, Dude, right. The shoulder. Don't right? even. You of all people know how important the little details are. Remember you told that story about the song you love where it's like, don't touch nothing. Like, No, for those, sure. Those but those this details, is a dumb, those bad details song. make everything. They make for sure. Everything. Wait, yeah, what? Don't sure. touch nothing. What was that? That was the um, the rap song about the car. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, top yeah. of the ride, oh, don't yeah, touch yeah. nothing. That's yeah. a great line. <laughs> I've been saying that to my kids ever since that that episode. Like that's, that's in my lexicon. That's the now. Cameron song. That's it. Yeah, that's the great. Cameron song. All right. Well, also in 2016, awful. Uh, gosh, just we got to do it. Uh, we got to get back to the bad stuff too to kind of put the year in perspective. It was the terrible Pulse nightclub uh, attack, oh. uh, the Nice, France truck attack. Um, and it was kind of one of those, uh, the world is kind of uh, shaking at our feet with, with both of those incidents, like trying to process that and wrap our heads around it. Pokemon Go is my next item, which I don't really oh, have a transition gotcha. for. Dude. Okay, let me, just in case we're going to cut that. 2016 also gave us Pokemon Go. That seemed fun. Did either of you try it? I surely did, yeah. Did you? I did oh. not try it, but I assumed that, I mean, I'm I'm distrustful enough that when my son was like, it's great, you just go out in the world and everyone's playing it and you'll just meet all these new people playing Pokemon Go. It just seemed like, <laughs> boy, did the pedophile people step up their game. Like my 11-year-old Next son level. is out there like, just i'm just grab i'm just catching them while i can so they could catch him like he went he literally went out once he was like yeah i was just hanging out in the parking lot with this guy for a while and like shut it down but uh yeah i uh he loved it he was he had a really good time it playing did it. get I never people it. out and active and walking around which was fascinating like people walking around getting exercise ben did you catch any of these pokemon yeah sure I mean, I assume I got an outstanding assortment. I don't know. I did it for a little while, and it was boring. <laughs> but I mean, I was totally willing to give it a try. The girls, the girls did it a little bit too. I mean, I think maybe if I had had a kid who was really into it, I'd have a different feeling about it. But it was fine. Did I mean, you have students come into your class looking for things? No, I mean, not while I was teaching. No, I mean, I teach okay. at law school. But no, there were definitely law students who did it. I mean, okay. I never did it. Don't know what it is. That's shocking to me that you didn't play a, oh. a game that involves technology and and. Uh... <laughs> also, I don't know why it fell off. Like, what happened? What, why did people stop playing? The better question is why it worked at all in the first place. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, really kind of corny. But you know, I mean, people like corny things. People do like corny things. Uh, October seventh was a big, big day for close followers of Donald Trump or those who have read the Mueller report or followed the uh, conviction of Roger Stone. Why was October 7th such a big day? What happened on that day? There are actually three events. See if you can name all three. That's, that, that's the leak of the Hillary emails. It's the WikiLeaks 
uh, thousands of emails, private emails are are released via WikiLeaks. And well, I think it follows right. That, that actually, this, that comes it's, after the other two things. It's either the same day or the same time as the whatever the tape of him saying grab them by the. It comes out after the Access Hollywood tape uh, yeah. is uh, is put out by the Washington Post, where yep. Donald Trump engages in awful talk. And then before that, Roger Stone says that uh, John Podesta is going to have his time in the barrel, but I don't think that's the same day. That's, that's not that's the same the, day, right. That's the evidence that he knew ahead of time that the leak yep. was coming. The bi- I mean, it's, it's fascinating to look back now. The big, big news story is that the U.S. intelligence agencies get together and put out a statement accusing uh, Russia of, of meddling. Um, oh, that comes out that same day. That comes out that day, but the Washington Post story kind of like obscures it, and then all of a sudden, Access Hollywood. Uh, I mean, sorry, the um, the WikiLeak email dump. Uh, everything kind of gets buried under all of those emails. But luckily, uh, everything everything effect. worked out though, right? Everything worked great. out. The good news is that we've ironed it all out, and everyone agrees on what happened. So, exactly. That was really good. Exactly. That, that's just what I was going to say. And now history is clear, and the pages aren't aren't going to be uh, disputed. That's lovely. That's great. Our three songs. Great segue. Our three songs. I went first last week, Jeff. Yeah, you I'll did. go first. I'm up. Um, so this week I get to just talk about one of my favorite modern rock bands and they put out a great record this year and I'm going to play a song from it that I like. So um, rock music uh, has gone by this time, right? We are in the moment where rock music is more of a niche uh, market um, and uh, and rock music, so like what constitutes a rock band is changing. Like there's a lot of electronic and rock music. There's a lot of computers. There's a lot of attempts to cross over and people call things rock that I'm not sure I would call it. And the, you know, is it pop? Is it rock? Is it something else? This is just a, a band. I don't think there's any mistaking this band for just a wonderfully adventurous kick-ass rock and roll band. They're from Austin, Texas, and their name is white denim. Um, they've been a band since 2009. I came to the table a little late. I missed the first two or three records, which are much weirder. They started as more kind of an art rock band, like short songs, very weird. Things are sped up and slowed down. There's there's some studio trickery. And then they put out a record in, I think it's 2013, called Corsican Lemonade. Um, and it's just the first time I heard it, I was like, this is just a phenomenally excellent rock and roll record. And they it's interesting the things they blend without being annoying. They have chops. They all can play really, really well. So there's lots of time changes. There's lots of fast fingers but not in that kind of super showy prog way that um, can be annoying. Um, they are a roots rock, Texas-based rock and roll band. So there's, there's some country in there. There's some Tex-Mex. There's some really old kind of old school chord progressions, but without feeling redundant, without feeling kind of tired, or certainly without feeling like pandering. Um, and I think what I love about them is they are – they take their music very seriously. They don't take themselves very seriously. Um, a lot of the songs are kind of funny, but not funny in that kind of fish lyric. We are a band playing really, really fast. And the lyrics are about fantasy land. They're just, 
they just write little songs about little moments in life or they like little turns of phrase. So they hit a lot of, they just hit a lot of reference points that I, I have a sweet spot for. And they are a great live act, which is for me just the kicker. When a band kicks ass live, I tend to lean into their shortcomings and turn them into strengths. I've seen this band three or four times and uh, they deliver every time. They are uh, super personable. Um, they are there. They're one of those bands where they show up and they get on stage. And after 30 seconds, you're like, they came to entertain me. Like they, they, they leave it all on the stage. They are drenched with sweat at the end of the set. So this is a song called Ha 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 parentheses Yeah, which I also was just funny the first time I was like, I love the the careful, you know, <laughs> how many ha's and let's make sure yeah's in parentheses. But anyway, the cover of this record gives you a sense of this band's sense of humor. It's somebody wearing the underwear they give you in um, uh, the hospital after you've had surgery with a bunch of cactuses coming out of it, which I, I really hope is photoshopped for the sake of the the model but i love this band this is white denim and i'm glad to have a chance to give them some love on the show here we go ha 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 yeah by white denim those hand claps in the second verse yeah can we just keep playing that was great oh yeah they're right they're right up your alley tim you're gonna be it's it gosh and how excited i am that helen plain gets to recite that title for the the robot lady's gonna love that title no question (laughs) i'm so excited ben you know that song I know that song. I love this band. This is a classic Jeff pick, and this is one that's worked out really nicely for me. Uh, this is how much I like them. Um, so I, I go to Bonner every year, in case you hadn't heard. And um, You know, I hear that's quite a festival. They've got multiple stages and food. I got to check that out. Sometimes. Typically, I have the great good fortune to be backstage uh, or at some level of backstage. And so you like when you're back there, sometimes people will approach you and be like, who are you? Why are you here? In a nice right. way. They're not like going to boot me because I've got a pass, but they're basically like, oh, that's weird. Like you don't appear to be famous. Anyway, I've rotated through various answers to these, this question, all of which are, are lies. Um, <laughs> my favorite lie is I'm the bassist in white denim. That's an oh, that's actual good. thing that I tell people. And then and they're, they're like, oh, really? And, wow. and like, it's totally believable because they're like, well, white denim's great. 
Um, and it, and they're like, you know, you look a little old, but maybe, you okay, know what I mean? Like right, I, I can right. completely pass as the base of white denim. And ba- I saw them Vaudero and I love them so much that I adopted them. And now that's one of my go-to answers. I love it. This song oh, I really like oh, the diverse part, that guitar part really reminds me of cake. Yeah. So, okay. Really reminds me of seatbelts and our when bucket seats and seat belts, whatever that one's and called, um, or short short skirt, long jacket, like yeah. it's a real stylized staccato guitar part, super likable. Um, and they shred; they're 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 great. I love this one. You know, it's great too. Is they're anonymous, like and they're really a band. Like it's so funny to sound the basis in white denim. Like nobody could name. I mean, that's what I, I mean. I mean, seriously, and, they and were like, like like people would be like, "Well, I've seen white denim." Like literally, people would be like, "Oh, oh, I, I've seen you guys," and I'd be like, "Sure." <laughs> Sure, me yeah. too i've also seen this because i'm in the band yeah that's so great they are really they they really um are unconcerned with being anything other than the collective which i think is also refreshing in this moment so well great stuff uh, we've got a, a fall bonnaroo should we should we go should we do a podcast from bonnaroo in september this is to be determined i will be there pretty much regardless of virus protocols. I'm going to be there. I just don't care at all. Oh, I got my uh, second shot. Go on, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, It was a a convulsive, shivering mess for 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, no. I I thought I was turning into a werewolf. I was kind of excited on one level. Like, But turns out it was me. Would you turn into the American werewolf in London or into Teen Wolf? I'm going to guess... American werewolf in London. Yeah. Oh, you think so? You'd be eating people and ripping up the London subway. I think you'd be teaching inner city kids how to play basketball (laughs) as the team wolf. Sorry. I was just going with my preference there. My cultural reference. All right. Uh, Good stuff. I'm going to go listen to that band after this podcast. Oh, you'll be happy. You did. Ben Barton. What do you got? I have a more controversial pick. my And I just want to go ahead and remind you. That I am you have expert. not chosen a lot of Kanye West songs. I right. am an expert in the rules, and I had this is only my second Kanye West song. You better lawyer up in 2016. <laughs> yeah, so this is where we come to the end. I bring you glad tidings. We will not have another Kanye West song after this one. I uh, the the Life of Pablo record is a mixed bag, but it's the last great artistic statement by Kanye West. And it's a little bit of a sad story. I mean, the whole thing's a little bit of a sad story to me. Um, I, it, when I went back and looked at it, I was really glad. I was going to choose this second record, um, late registration for the first song, but I'm really glad I chose College Dropout. Like we started at the at the beginning and now here we find ourselves very close to the end. This is the end of when he's musically relevant, basically. Like he stays a cultural phenomenon after 2016, but for really sad and embarrassing reasons. Um, and the Pablo record, you know, we've gone through this before, like he can't put anything out. He physically releases the record and then he continues remixing songs for weeks afterwards. In a second, I'm gonna ask Jeff to play a song. And I'm gonna say the time thing. And there's, there's a really good chance that Jeff's version of the song is gonna be different than my version of the song because he's, he put out five or six versions of each of these songs. He, from the time that his mom died, he's having basically a rolling breakdown Like it's just every step of the way he's continuing to struggle through it. And he's having it in public in uh, like, on the one hand, there's some beautiful, amazing art that comes out of it. But on the other hand, it just breaks my heart to watch, watch what's going on with this guy. 
all of the recording for Pablo is a mess. He's been on, if you go back and look at the, like you look at even just the Wikipedia, you just read the list of the stuff that he's done. He has been a continuous royal of artistic activity since college dropout with no break. He's been on tour. He's been recording. He's been designing clothes. He's been, you know, marrying people. He's been doing reality TV. He's just been on, on a complete go, 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 go stretch. And as 50 year old white guys, I think you'll appreciate this. One of the things to me is it's a real object lesson in growing up. Like when you're a kid, when you first start out, you create a bunch of patterns for yourself and that some of them are self-destructive, but you're like, well, surely this will never end. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a spurt worker was the thing that I used to tell myself. I'm a spurt worker and I do things up against a deadline. I, and like, you'll hear young people be like, I love a deadline. And they just, and they're like, oh, I, I, because that way I get to work 24 hours and stay up overnight, whatever else. The description of the Kanye recording for Dark Twisted Fantasy is like he had a 24 hour recording studio where he would not let the producers leave. They recorded 24 hours a day and he slept oh. maybe two or three hours a day in catnaps. And before he was like, I'm falling asleep. I need you to do the following things and then fell asleep. And then woke up and was like, oh, did it get done? And then would start again. I mean, oh my God. he just ran himself sick. He immediately goes on tour for Pablo and it's an intense, totally crazy tour. And it breaks my heart. They played Nashville and I had a really, I had a big work thing. Like I couldn't go. And I was like, oh, they're playing Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta a month later. I bought tickets for the pit. This is the setup for this tour. He's touring basketball arenas. And he sells all the seats 360 degrees around it. He's on a floating glass stage that lifts up into the middle of the arena on top of the pit. The pit's below him. And then he's rapping to the pit, which is a mosh pit, which he's calling out for them to mosh harder while he's going. I mean, I, I was like, there's no amount of money I wouldn't pay to do this. I can't wait to do it. I'm so thrilled. In between National and Atlanta, he has a full-on breakdown. The song I'm going to pick, Ultralight Beam, they debut it on Saturday Night Live. He's so out of his mind, he almost refuses to go on live at Saturday Night Live. Like, they have to pull Lauren out. They have to get Kim Kardashian there. They have to, and literally, they're like, you're going to destroy your career. You'll never do anything again. You have to go out. Go out right now, right now, right now. And he pushed himself out. But I mean, Ugh. that's how bad his mental health was, where he was just like barely able to hold it together. He completely collapses on the tour. He goes into rehab. He has a full breakdown and he has a full break. That's it. Like yeah. he's never returns to this level of artistic excellence again. Um, he, he falls into a full Christian phase where he does Sunday service. And I, 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 we saw the Sunday service show live um, here in Tennessee. And it was, a, it was really, I'll just be frank, it was super interesting and really good. It's not peak Kanye and unclear when we'll get that again. Uh -huh. um, I was talking about it with, I mean, Dahlia in particular is like, this is my older daughter, is just like a Kanye freak. She loves Kanye. And you know, I haven't given up hope. You know what I mean? Like, like y'all will know, like Bob Dylan yeah. went through some, a lot of weird stuff yeah, and man. then eventually came out. Um, and for some listeners and, and maybe for Jeff, they're like, how dare you compare Kanye West to Dylan? I, I would compare Kanye West to Dylan. Like, I, I don't think, have any problem with that comparison. I think he's like a brilliant, bizarre, 
path-breaking artist who did a whole bunch of strange stuff and pushed himself to the, the limit over and over and over again. I just hope he can find his way back. And by find his way back, I don't mean like become a Trump fan and marry a reality TV star and then get divorced. Like none of that yeah. stuff is helping him at all. Yeah. I just hope he can find peace in his mind. Cause you know, like we talked about this with Taylor Swift, but generally with these artists, you know, he's a really, really, really sensitive guy. Like he's a sensitive person. That's why he's an artist. He, like the stories from his mom are like when, a he lot. Was, yeah. when he was in second grade, he'd lock himself in the bathroom and write poetry. And um, he was a great, he was a great like little visual artist too when he was a tiny little kid. Like he's a super sensitive artistic type of person who's been thrown in with the wolves. And I mean, it's just been really challenging for him to find his place in this world. All right, so I'm gonna ask for even more forbearance, Jeff. The first thing I would like you to do is just give us 10 or 15 seconds of I miss the old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye, straight from the gold Kanye, chop up the soul Kanye, set on his goals Kanye, I hate the new Kanye, the bad mood Kanye, the always rude Kanye, spazzing the news Kanye, I miss the sweet Kanye, chop up the beats Kanye, I gotta say, at that time I'd like to meet Kanye, see- that's awesome. Isn't that amazing? That's first my of favorite all, track on the album. Right, no, dude. And also, that's a top 10 Kanye song. He's freaking yeah. hilarious. All the way at the end, like mid-breakdown, he's freaking hilarious. His sense of humor and his self-awareness, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and But also the weird artistry of it. That song, like, on the one hand, every time I hear it, it makes me laugh and it makes me smile. On the other hand, every time I hear it, it just breaks my heart for that guy. When he says, I hate the new Kanye, he's not speaking figuratively. No doubt. Literally. That dude wakes up in the morning and he can't stand being himself. Like he just can't stand it anymore for one more second to have to do it, to drag his ass through the process of being Kanye. It's just brutal. Oh, and on a separate note, I told you Dolly's a big Kanye fan. Her one of her party tricks when she's been drinking, she can do that entire 45 second acapella rap perfectly start to finish every okay. beat, every word. Okay. We gotta, we gotta see that at some point. <laughs> All right. Um, he's a searcher and he's a searcher musically and he's a searcher spiritually and he's a searcher in his life. And that's why this song, Ultralight Beam, is one of my all time favorite favorite Kanye songs and weirdly Timmy your selection last year really like there's a there's three songs from around this era 24 frames ultralight beam and then uh Sufi and Steven's greatest gift from 2017 there are these beautiful offbeat takes on a Christian god from people who are either not Christians or in the process of not being Christians depending how you feel about Kanye and Sufian and ultralight beam just captures like how hard he's searching and and uh his faith that he's going to be able to find his way the song and so i'm gonna ask jeff to start at the chance chance the rapper verse that's my favorite part of it song starts with a 15 second instagram clip of a four-year-old african-american kid i think it's with her grandma and she's like uh we don't want no devils in here we don't want no devils in here and then it goes into the Kanye verse and then it's got the chorus. And then there's a beautiful, there's like, he's got two contemporary um, gospel stars on here, Kirk Franklin. And I, I can't remember the name of the woman, but there's a beautiful verse by the woman. Then there's the chance the rapper verse. Then there's the Kirk Franklin verse. The Kirk Franklin verse 
It's just a couple of lines. And every single time it makes me cry. No matter how messed up you are, no matter how lost you are, no matter how many times you've said sorry, it's never too late to find your way home. And then it goes into the chorus again. And then the song ends. I mean, it's so beautiful. Jeff, 251 on my version is the start of the Chance the Rapper verse. And this is an infamous Chance the Rapper verse. This is considered his greatest work. And this is the highlight of late period Kanye is this verse. Ultralight Beam by Kanye West. Oh, foot on the devil's neck to the drifted Pangea. I'm moving all my family from Chatham to Zambia. Treat the demons just like Pam. I mean, I fuck with your friends, but damn, Gina. I've been this way since Arthur was Ant Eater. Now they want to hit me with the woo out the bam. Trying to snap photos of family. Uh. My daughter look just like Sia. You can't see her. You can feel the lyrics, the spirit coming in Braille. Tumming of the underground, come and follow the trail. I made Sunday candy, I'm never going to hell. I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. He said, let's do a good ass job with Chance 3. I hear you gotta sell it to snatch the grand meat. Let's make it so free and the bar so hard that it ain't one gosh darn part. You can't tweet. This is my part, nobody else speak. This is my part, nobody else speak. This little light of mine. Glory be to God, yeah I'ma make sure that they go where they can't go If they don't wanna ride, I'ma still give them raincoats Know what God said when he made the first rainbow Just throw this at the end and fuck too late for the intro uh, I'm just having fun with it You know that a nigga was lost I laugh in my head cause I bet that my ex looking back like a pillar of salt uh, Cause they've left the script on your ass like Wesley and Spike You cannot mess with the light Look at the channel from 79 Ultralight beam, we on the ultralight beam. This is a god dream. This is a god dream. This is everything. Everything. I'm trying to keep my faith, but I'm looking for more. Somewhere I can feel safe. And in my holy Father, this prayer is for everyone that feels they're not good enough. This prayer is for everybody that feels that they're too messed up. For everyone that feels they said I'm sorry too many times. You can never go too far when you can't come back home again. That's why I need... So for me, I think that the the religious uh, turmoil piece, Kanye, if, if Kanye has an American literature doppelganger, for me, it might be Arthur Dimsdale from The Scarlet Letter. I don't know how well you guys remember that book, but right. Dimsdale, Dimsdale <laughs> is the the guy who has impregnated Hester Prynne while the husband Chillingworth is out in the in the woods. And uh, he's also the minister. And so he's, he holds the entire town's uh, morality in his hands. And this is, you know, it's a Puritan colony. It's barely surviving. It's barely beating back the forest and barely navigating its relationship with the indigenous population. And Dimsdale is consumed with 
what he's done. And there's this wonderful paragraph where he talks about how much he, he hates being the leader and he hates having all the responsibility and he hates being in this new world. And, and it's the list of grievances, but it, but the great line is, and more than anything above all else, he loathed his miserable self. And I always yeah. think of Kanye yeah. West with that line, you know, that because Dimsdale is brilliant and beautiful and, and empowered and spiritual. And he he has raised this colony from fear to epiphany, to transcendence. And the love he has with Pester is is real and uh Throughout the whole text, you know, Hawthorne imbues it with a sense of natural beauty and nature has no problem with it. And it's just the laws of man. And if they could just let go of the, the fake structures that they've placed on themselves and they just can't. They destroy themselves because they can't kick the, the box they constructed around themselves apart. And I feel that way about Kanye West, that he he's this sensitive kid who makes this brilliant record and then finds himself in a world of wolves and turns himself into the wolf. And then the wolf takes over the, 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 who he was and that, and then he loses the people in his life. He trusted to, to pull him up short when he's lost his way. And he has, he loses his artistic thread. Now he's lost the thread entirely. And I like you, Ben, like, I hope it doesn't cost him his life to realize he can take the wolf costume off and go back to being something else because he has nothing left to prove, you know? So anyway, that's my, that's why I think that the, the Kanye Dylan comparison is really apt because Dylan's been wearing a Bob Dylan costume now for a long time and yeah. he doesn't know how to take it off either. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that, man. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, but you guys think that were Kanye West a janitor, his mental health would still be his downfall. It would be mixed, but he's under such a crucible of pressure. Yeah, and a lot of it's so. he's placed on himself. You know what I mean? Like, right, like when sure. he talks about I miss the old Kanye, it's like the set on the goals Kanye. You know, like we see this repeatedly. We saw this with Radiohead and, and multiple other bands. The way up is a lot easier than staying on the top, let alone yeah. the way down. You know what I mean? Right. Like this, this is the first Kanye song I've selected that wasn't a hit. And there wasn't really a hit from this record, even though like this record's a banger. <laughs> it's like yeah. seven good songs. There's, there's a couple of bad songs on this record too, but there's, there's, there's five or six really, really good songs on it. But basically he's, you know, he's, he's like past his peak. And I'm sure that like that more probably than anything else was eating him up too. You know? Well, t Tim Plain listens to Kanye. We've got to do this for, for next week. I will go and listen. It's called, Pablo Honey? Life of is Pablo. That, oh, Pablo is? Honey is the first Radiohead record. <laughs> but you know what? You'll be yeah, like, that was weird. The, it really yeah. didn't sound much like it him. It didn't sound like him at all. You know what's been funny, though? Hip-hop has such a sharp peak. Like, you can't stay on top in, in hip-hop because they're trying to knock you off. Like, you can stay on top in rock and, and rock music, and it's much easier. Oh, dude, his peak, his hip-hop peak is a long time. It's a long oh, time. Oh, I know. Longer than almost anybody else in the genre. But I just think it's like a sharp edge. Like, you know how it is. Comedians, soul music, rap, rap music. Like, when it's not riding the zeitgeist, it's getting run over by it. In a way that, it, like, a new Bob Dylan record just isn't. It's like, yeah, that sounds familiar. You know? It's, it's just an interesting part of that 
It's just an interesting nature of the art. Well, All right, Jimmy. this has been an awesome podcast, y'all. Thanks so much, listeners. We'll see you next week. Wait, no selection for you? I gotta follow that. Come on, you guys! You guys are killing You've me. You've been on fire. Hey, I, enough weeks. with the sandbagging. No, enough with the sandbagging. Dude, I dude. I wrote I tweeted this week that a listener picked top ten of Timmy's picks. At this point, would would be would be in the running for the best well, of the top tens. I, I hope you're sitting down because I haven't felt this way since 1982, and you know what happened on that podcast. Jeff Simons, there's an outside chance that Ben hasn't heard this song. Ben, you're not allowed to Google or anything. Okay. Um, but <laughs> my pick for the best song of 2016 uh, is a song called Me and Magdalena. Um, Jeff, do you know that song? Don't uh, say the artist, please. I do. I do know the song. Ben, do you know the version... song? Because I, I know who wrote it. I'm interested right. in who wrote it. Right. Me too. Um, ben, are you sitting? That sounds super familiar to me. I'm going to have to wait and listen. Me and Magdalena by the Monkees. Lincoln, where uh, on the Democrat side, uh, they're all supposed to strike down the, the 13th Amendment to the Constitution. And this one guy goes against everyone and they yell at him and he's like, I don't care. I don't care. I'll go to hell. So that's my backing for this particular pick, because um, I think it's a really pretty song. And it's chill. And I know you guys like slow songs that actually go somewhere or do something different. But the guy who writes the song does not do that. He just kind of stays on his little mellow island. Um, but it's also got this great, great line. Everything lost will be recovered. Oh, say more. I want to hear more of that in 2016. Uh, any guesses, Ben Barton, on who the artist is? I have no guesses. Based on what you said, maybe Jack Johnson? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it's 50 years of music with 50 year, 50, 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. And in 2016, as 
you picked Kanye West and Jeff picked white denim. I picked the monkeys. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. They got oh, together and did a little, they did. <laughs> what do you think? They did a little album and uh, your boy was the producer for the album. Ben Barton, Rick Rubin, uh, Adam Schlesinger. He's my guy. Balance of Wayne, right? He is not my guy. Yeah. That is not my I'm guy. I'm pretty sure you so, like so him. So when I said I knew who the, who the artist was and why, um, this is a very weird record. The Monkees made a reunion record, and they hired guys to try yeah. to make it good. Um, half the songs were actually written by Andy Partridge from XTC. Woo! And those songs are actually upbeat and go somewhere. You like this song because it's a rough draft of California stars. <laughs> that's all it is put that song back on and sing i'd like to rest my weary head it's the same same song same chord progressions um but uh, i don't have any problem with this but it's like it's pretty sloppily recorded i mean Who's... it's like unacceptably bad acoustic guitar part in the background <laughs> and like in 2016 if you're the monkeys like hire a guy who could play a G chord? Well, they've got like that, so they've got uh, Rivers Cuomo on the album. They've uh, got um, Peter Tork. Timmy, <laughs> this is this is indeed a pretty bad selection. The thing that's funny is that I thought it was relatively harmless. I was like, well, I don't Yay. like this. It's boring, but at least it's harmless. But now I realize that it in fact is quite harmful. It's I had an actual argument with Georgia. One of the things uh -huh. that's super funny is we Georgia's got this the Georgia Po the G Po listen list. She's got a, a, a notes thing on her app where she just writes down songs that she wants to listen to. Yeah. And then and I'm it. in charge of creating this dumb Spotify list. And then we listen to it while we do yoga. It's a really okay. fun project. And um, among her things, that's one of the things that's really funny is that she'll have classic rock songs that I don't like. Yeah. And she'll have 80 okay. songs that I don't like. Yeah. And so awesome. she went through like a little monkey's face. And she was <laughs> like, I don't understand why you wouldn't like the monkeys. And I yeah. was like, they're they're fake. Everything about them is fake and they suck. The songs <laughs> suck. I was like, I don't even like Jeff knows. Like, I, I'll take it from the Beatles, but I'm not going to take it from the faux Beatles written by you know, Tin Pan Alley and then sold from these clowns and yeah. then to haul them back out of the freaking crypt in 2016 <laughs> to trot them out and then choose them as your song in 2016. How dare you, good sir? Yeah, I, I would, I, I was waiting whenever the Tom, the last Tom Petty record came out, I was expecting Jeff to be like, well, that's my song for the year. Oh, but I was right. not expecting this from you. This hurts my feelings. This is uh, written sure. by Ben, Ben Gibbard. Jeff, who's Ben Gibbard? Is he Death Cab for Cutie? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's a Death Cab for Cutie like song, but sold by a 70-year-old former TV star. Yeah, that, I don't know, dude. That I, also, I, that I, hurts my feelings for Ben Gibbard. There's a couple <laughs> of good Death Cab songs, but the fact that he's like, I don't know, I got some like crappy material around. Hopefully the monkeys will <laughs> <Yeah>. buy it. <laughs> That's yes, not a good look at all. <laughs> It's like we talked about those super groups bringing their B material, and then there's the C material. You, no, for sure. For all, it's the fake, the the fake super group that you back up the truck to and just do, do, you just roll it out into the driveway.
No, and also those guys are still super rich. So I lo- I'm actually now I'm really warming to this idea. Ben Gibbons at the dinner table with his family, and he and he's like, you know, basically the death cat stuff. It it really hasn't been going as well as you'd hope. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, honey. And he's like, but well, I got some amazing. <laughs> I got some of that monkey's cheese on the line. I'm just gonna reel it in, baby. And they're like, you're kidding me. He's like, no, 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 I swear. And they're getting back fun. together. And Mickey Dolan's right. guy's super confused. Like the last oh time he knew God. anything about music was 2002. He thinks I'm like a massive gargantuan hit maker. <laughs> and they're like, no way. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's the situation. Do you remember the monkeys toured, Ben, when we were like 17, 18, 19? They did a 20th anniversary tour and like, tried to sell it. And, and, and Rolling Stone unashamedly just jumped on the monkey wagon. Like, this show is remarkably fresh. Oh, it's yeah, like, right. That's amazing. I I have no memory of that, except that I'm sure I hated it. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it was one of those Jones Beach shows that you looked at that schedule and you're like, you have got to be kidding me. Did I get hit? with like? Is it 1968? Did I? I am 90% sure I went to one of those. All right, guys. Great time tonight. Uh, I like the throwback. That was yeah. a good one. That really I, was. I, I Actually, also, I appreciate. It. I think you. I think he threw it on purpose to get us psyched again. Like he's been pretty much punching, like you know, year for year oh, for about seven years in a row like, now. That was a, 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 like a top five song for that year. That was a great one. You yeah, that drive around. I think he threw this around so that you and I could feel good about ourselves as music experts again. That was nice. Uh, and of he, had, you, he had all my friends too. He was banging it. This one was total chum in the water though, for sure. <laughs> me and, and by the way, it was Delena. really smart of you. It was really smart of you not to tell me ahead of time what it was because yeah, I, gave it oh. a much, I gave it a much more careful listen. I was right. Like, oh, you I were wonder- actually like, oh, I need to support Tim. I will listen to this. Yeah, if I had said monkeys, it would have been. Oh, dude. All right, guys. Great work. That was awesome. See you next week. Bye. Take care, friends. Bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.